Your favorite thing to do on a day off? Binge watch television. Welcome to episode two of Reba Watchables, the podcast about the television sitcom Reba, which so many of us know and love, children of the early aughts, you know, we were raised, some of us, you know, some would say like raised on Reba. Um, important to note that the revolution will not be televised, it will only be podcasted. I'm one of your hosts, Natalie Weiner. I'm Johnny Opping. And we are here to talk about episode two of Reba. Season one, episode two. So really, we're right here at the very beginning. It's called The Honeymoon's Over, right? It's titled The Honeymoon's Over or Now What? Wow. So we've got two titles, like a lot to unpack. It it has the sort of title that like seems like it's, or I don't know, I grew up watching The Simpsons. I feel like a lot of like titles of shows do that thing where it sounds like they're referencing like a famous book or something when they're like, but I think this one is just like, they started typing the name of the title and they just kind of kept going. The Honeymoon's Over would have been a a perfect place to like they, yeah. that could have been the name of it. Yeah, that's I exactly that's, what that's this episode's what about. It's about. But yeah. it's called The Honeymoon's Over or Now What? Yeah. I mean, if any of our vast listenership has a clue about, you know, what the inside joke is there, we welcome any any input, any yeah. thoughts. I think it's like they just couldn't just... I mean, it's the only episode title that, start, that has an or in it. Mm-hmm. And it does seem like either of those could have been the episode title. Right. So it's like they just decided that they didn't, both. they had, you know, the paralysis of decision. <laughs> and we're just like, it could be either. They both work. And they named it that. Yeah, they did. Um, it's the first episode we're dealing with that has a name because first one was just pilot. So, <laughs> yeah, so they were um, just, they had, they had a lot. It was like, they didn't have a lot of chops and tagging yeah. episodes. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, un- in case, I guess we should, give the premise of the show for those who haven't pieced it together we're just watching all of reba and recapping you know pretty straightforward just mm-hmm. interrogating this great uh television you know like as johnny mentioned last week you know when we talk about sort of golden age of television we're talking about reba yeah you know so we're doing a podcast that, a podcast idea that nobody's really ever thought about yeah you know our totally original podcast name comes with a totally original podcast idea, <laughs> which is watching something and talking about it and breaking it down afterwards. Right. So yeah, this episode aired October 12th, 2001. A month after 9-11. <laughs> exactly. A month and a day after 9-11. <laughs> so there were, it was the day after sort of like a... <laughs> an there were probably so many like think pieces, you know like 30 days since 9-11 yeah. are we now you know that was totally of the era so i googled I, I googled october 12 2001 <laughs> to see if like so because I, I had the plan of having this segment of like what else happened this day <laughs> but honestly noteworthy things don't happen every day so because i found nothing wow. uh so which means that the, like you could make the argument that the air of this, this episode was. was the biggest thing that happened that day yeah um like they didn't honestly the only thing i found was like there's a website called take me back dot time or something <laughs> and it said like 
the country, the America was listening to Fallen by Alicia Keys. Wow. It didn't say like that it was placed particularly high. It didn't say it was number one on the charts. It was just like the country, which is like AKA me, the person who right. runs this website, this website, was jamming out to Alicia Keys. So and that's where we are that. as a country. Yeah. Post 9-11, uh, in the middle of an Alicia Keys moment. moment. That was like yeah. the dawn of Alicia Keys. That was like her first. I guess if I ain't got you, it was like maybe no. I think Fallen was Fallen before was that. The first yeah. one. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's uh, where two we were. Titans of American songs. So put Alicia yourself there mm-hmm. as a listener. That's like re- try to remember that point, right? In time when you were listening to Alicia Keys and you were trying to figure out like. What how we recover from that people are talking about airport security yeah. they're like we've got to start doing more searches and stuff and everyone's like and you've got to put your toiletries in the tiny bag you know like all these things are right. happening um anyway so as <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you know related to that <laughs> i think so the episode basically covers as the title suggests you know honeymoon's over so we're talking about cheyenne and van's honeymoon which mm-hmm. they discussed in the previous episode right how they were going to galveston yeah they went to galveston i mean i don't know what i don't know if we just assume for every episode we do of this that the listeners have listened to every previous episode or seen reba so i don't know if we need to like recap previous episodes but well, se- i don't know 17 year old daughter reba got pregnant got married in the first episode uh-huh. They went on their honeymoon, yeah. and now they're back. Yeah, and that's her and her fellow teen husband. Yeah, I mean, thankfully they're both teens. Would get a lot messier once right. we're not teen. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're back from their honeymoon in Galveston. Um, they're doing like lots of PDA, which Reba isn't like super pleased with because, of course, they're living in her house, mm-hmm. um, and she's got the two younger kids, Kira, which I now have learned that is the name of the middle daughter. Did you learn uh, in the episode they said? Yeah, her name? yeah, okay. they said her name, and the Shh. boy whose name I forget now. He has, <laughs> he has one no line yet. in this entire. Uh, but Kira is just <laughs> like her, is just a quippy machine like she is yeah. just i mean sh- she's like 80 percent of the comedic relief in this entire episode it she's is. supposed to be in seventh grade yeah and she knows honestly a lot about sex right <laughs> because most of her jokes are about sex and yeah she just sort of has and she also has like very like mel brooks story as i was telling johnny during the episode there's this one it was like man and cheyenne are like looking at each other and she's like my husband and he's like my wife and she's like my lunch (laughs) she like says it with this like tone that's like she's just fucking like delivering a set at the comedy cellar or something you know like it's just I don't know what's like happened. the jokes that she makes, <laughs> like the sex jokes she makes, are as if she makes sex jokes constantly. With, like, <laughs> the boys down at the I don't like at the club. You know what I mean? Like she's she's at the Friars Club. Yeah, exactly. You know? She's just like, <laughs> and they are very funny. And I guess like I mean it is supposed to be funny that it's like a twelve year old girl making them, but it also makes no. And it's like. We get a lot of, like, I'm sure there will be episodes about 
Kira and about her little brother. Mm-hmm. But, like, we are getting that thing of, like, uh, you just see how, you know, there's this teen pregnancy going on with the older daughter, which the show revolves around at this point. And it's just, like, the two younger kids are just, like, so clearly neglected. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and, like, cope with, like, with could they cope with, like, weird, like, humor that <laughs> when they should probably be, like, in therapy. Well, they uh, are in they therapy. Are, they're in the we therapy. revisit the therapist in they the do. second episode. Yeah. We'll get to that. Um, so, yeah. PDA, quippy daughter, like, it's all, like, yay, we went on our honeymoon. They got puka shell wedding rings, which I didn't even know puka shells were, like, a thing you got in Galveston, but I've never been to Galveston. So. Well, that's a very, like, I think of it as, like, a high school thing. Yeah. Maybe just a Texas high school thing. Is that not, like, a... I mean, puka shells, okay. I feel like it was definitely of the era, like, the aughts. They yeah. were kind of trendy, but, I mean, I associated it with, like, Hawaii or Southern California. Okay. Not necessarily, but I guess anywhere where there's a beach. Um, but yeah, they get their puka shell wedding rings. They have a lot of sex as they like talk about sort of alarming amount. (laughs) They talk talk about how much they fucked on their honeymoon like four times to (laughs) their mom, to Reba, yeah, (laughs) and with children in the room. room. Yeah. And Reba's kind of like, she's mad, but she's like also like not that mad. Like, she's not like, what are you saying? She's like, oh, kids, you know? Like, she's like, I gotta quit asking, you know? Right. And and it's like, it's you, like could, you probably could get mad. You could yeah. say, stop talking about how much you guys fuck. Right. It's like, and like, he's moving in right. to her, to the Reba household. Mm hmm. Which was never really established, I guess. They talked about it in the first one, because his parents kicked him out. Okay. So, yeah, they're married, and they live in the Reba house. Like, they just live in her bedroom. Yeah. And she proposes that she wants... Cheyenne wants to live in Reba's room. Because it's bigger. Because she says, like, my room is so small. And her room is huge. Yeah, her room is really large. She has two twin beds, and they, like, keep performatively, like, pushing the beds together. Yeah. Anyway, it's like, we get it, like, you fuck. Like, there are definitely people who, you know, like, tweet about, like, it's like a congrats on the sex thing for them, definitely. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so it's all, like, great, they're going to go back to school, and they're kind of like, yay, like, we're married, and, like, we're going to go back to school, it'll be so great. And, like, it is fine, except then the principal who weirdly is like exactly like ann richards former texas governor <laughs> it's like her energy is just like that yeah helmet hair very uptight uptight texas uh, person yeah um fundamental like christian right. energy and totally yeah, she's and very disappointed that one of her students is pregnant right she's like she gives reba and brock a pamphlet brock being cheyenne's father reba's soon be ex-husband a pamphlet for like a pregnant girl's school um called like happy pope or what was it yeah. called? Hope? i don't know it sounds it's like where you send like weird, yeah you know yeah it had a weird name or like where you send like i don't know dogs right <laughs> <laughs> and the principal's like uh yeah like she'll be happier like here everyone's gonna like be teasing her and stuff because she's pregnant whatever well she like sells it initially as like a that she loves cheyenne because she's this great student and she wants to help her in like a system that's like really good for girls 
that are pre- like basically yeah. teens that are pregnant. It's like a support system for mm-hmm. them. Right. Which but it is just like, turns out to that's not what it is. Right, exactly. So or maybe it is, but her motivation is because she doesn't want a pregnant teen in her at her hallways. school. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so Reba brings the idea to Cheyenne, who's like, no, I don't want to switch schools. I want to keep going to school with my husband. And there's like a line where she's like, uh, what is it? Like, and no, so, so like, she says, no, I don't want to go. And Van has her back. Like, yeah, I don't want her to go to. I don't. I want her to be. And his line is, uh, "Husband and wife belong in the same high school." school. (laughs) It's a good one. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, I don't know how much we're just gonna like fall into Reba here. We're gonna be like, yeah, that's a great one. And another really good joke is. (laughs) But anyway, so they come to that conclusion. Reba goes back to school the next day. And is like, yeah, so Cheyenne doesn't want to switch schools, so yeah. And then that's when the principal kind of like lays down the law. Yeah, she shows their card, like, I actually, just, like, you, yeah. she's, I'm going to suspend her. She says she's, she's going to suspend her, right. or she does suspend her for like, three weeks. For like, like bullshit, like, a prank she's on like the drill team. team and they do like a prank every year, and they're, so she's like suspended just her for that. Yeah. Uh, but like she's just actually being suspended for being pregnant right and it's like self-evidently unfair um and like just stupid and this is where we really see it's an important moment for reba's like character development yeah because it's kind of like this is her full we got a glimpse of it in the last episode but this is like her full-on like feminist awakening Uh and reba's like when the principal is telling her this she's like well that doesn't make any sense like that's not fair and she's like why is it okay for a boy who got a girl pregnant to walk around in your school hallways then you know which is like yeah true and the principal's like well you know setting the limits is the girl's responsibility mm-hmm. and then she says she drops the bomb she well, says the principal says like yeah. boys will be boys no that's what i was yeah, about yeah, to yeah. say the principal drops like the crucial cliche boys will be boys and Reba says, uh, or no, 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 I'm trying to remember exactly. She said, hasn't you ever heard the Yeah, she's like, haven't you ever boys? heard yeah. the phrase boys will be boys? And Reba's like, yeah, I'm aware of it. I just didn't know anyone stupid enough to say it. Yeah. And so for like, for context of this podcast, like months ago, like the, the, the idea of this podcast came from natalie recapping this particular episode to me no it was the mashed potato episode for for a future episode (laughs) but while while recapping a different different episode she kind of like went back to this episode to explain to me how reba is a feminist icon and told me all of this and it was basically just me asking questions about the episode because the way Natalie was describing it and so and just her passion made it clear that that she needed to host a podcast about but so I had heard this line before right. uh, but did it, it was more powerful like hearing it from Reba well sure. it's I don't know you <laughs> you delivered it pretty passionately right now to be uh for the listeners uh 
Natalie is wearing a different Reba shirt than she was wearing. Well, I only she have recorded. two. I'm, okay. I'm gonna be out after this episode, but um, I'm wearing a nothing but cakes pullover. Uh, is that? It's a local cake chain with a pun name. I think people understand when I say nothing but cakes. That it's... I mean, maybe they don't understand. I'm just clarifying, I'm... but um, anyway, so Reba kind of like starts the revolution there you know with the principal um but then she really starts it when she shows that she is for you know minorities for the disenfranchised for the underprivileged she goes back home and you know they're talking she's like you know everyone's like it's so unfair or no this this isn't a therapist office yeah Yeah. so like a trope that they've used twice in two episodes is that like Exposition just happens at, at the court order therapy, well, the, where the therapist says nothing, truly nothing. <laughs> like I don't even. And think it's she... a different, I think, like serious black woman. I don't think it was the same. Person. Really, which is I... yeah, that's rough because yeah. they. Clearly, it's a little. It's uh, not great. Maybe it is the same person that I'm wrong. We should probably check IMDb. But um. But yeah, so they show up, and it's like unclear why they're even still in this. Because it's like clear that Brock is going to leave. Yeah. Reba, so it's like there's no like reconciliation. Right. Like I don't know how there's the like like legally this is like benefiting society <laughs> that, that like this family is showing up <laughs> and using the resources of this therapist <laughs> so that they can just talk about like what's going on, establish some narrative. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so they talk about shiny they, getting suspended. Yeah, and uh, and how it's unfair that she's suspended, but Van, who got her pregnant. Is not, not suspended, and Van is a star Corner quarterback. Back. Yeah, so we. You I, didn't believe me. I last falsely week. stated that he was a quarterback, and I had said he's a cornerback. And but. yeah, and he's a quarter. He's. It's so, weird. It's understandable confusion because, like, throughout all the episodes, they make it seem like if Van doesn't play, the team will lose, and it's yeah. very odd to like say that about a cornerback. Yeah, so that's a that's literally <laughs> the crux of this entire episode, which we'll get into. Is that like. Van threatens not to play the family. They're going to like boycott caught this game, which we'll get into. But the the entire the entire premise is built up the idea that if Van, this white cornerback, doesn't play in this Texas football game, he even says it himself, they'll get slaughtered. Yeah, which like that's pretty. This is, bold I mean, move. like maybe you like in Deion Sanders. Years, you could argue that if he didn't play the game, they would get slaughtered. And that is, I mean, you got to be all over the field as a cornerback. Like, I mean, this I mean, is like Richard Sherman level smack talk. Oh, yeah, like, Richard Sherman was blitzing, and, you know, tackling, you know, like also stopping the run. Like, so yeah, we don't like. I at at this point, I'm hoping that there's in these six seasons we see a little bit of him on the field field. because he is being hyped as just the best corner in Texas football history. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I think, I feel like your dreams will be realized. That's, that's my teaser. But, um, but yeah, so they're in the therapy session talking about how unfair this is. And Reba comes up with the brilliant plan to basically have Van go on strike. Yeah. Basically, if if she can't go to school, then he can't go to school, yeah. and hence can't play football. Can't play football. And and the line that she says, wasn't it? Is like, what's more embarrassing? No, what's more embarrassing? Oh yeah, 
for a, a Texas, Texas high school, school a pregnant teen or a losing record, which is and like even a, Barbara Jean is like yeah. I get yeah. Too. Also, we didn't mention Barbara Jean <laughs> is in this therapy session as like comedic relief, just like she is in in the house. But she's in a lot of these conversations. She like the magic of Barbara Jean is like she's one like a like her character is preposterous they also in these episodes are giving her like giant hair so not only is she blonde but her hair is like teased out so i turned to you in like in her first entrance of this episode like she is she is just like reba world kramer yeah (laughs) like a hundred percent like i think like 75 percent of of like of her in every episode is her entrance into a room. She enters, like, it's all physical humor. She barrels into a room. Right, because she's also really large. Like, she's, she's pretty tall. tall. She's, yeah. like, taller than Rock, even, I think. Yeah, and she just takes up space with her, like, energy and movement. You know, like, she comes through a door as if there's, like, a hurricane outside. <laughs> and, and she doesn't... And again, like, she's only... The only characteristic about her that we know in these two episodes is that she's dumb. Like that and she's, she's Christian. And she's Christian. She's very stupid and she's Christian. Very religious. Um, yeah, so she's kind of like, we could have not mentioned Barbara Jean in this podcast and it wouldn't affect the plot of this mm-hmm. episode, but just know that she's in basically every scene yeah. <laughs> being like essentially like a golden retriever. Just like, <laughs> yeah. like an untrained, gorgeous, you know, yeah, like knocking was, things down, yeah. And excited, yeah, um, and unaware of how she is intruding on Reba's life, right? Yes, and Reba, I mean, just perpetually kind of aggrieved by everyone, um, but yeah, so she sets up this plan, um, to have Van, you know, sort of stop going to school and sort of show the school what what's what. And it doesn't seem to work because it's game day final. So yeah. presumably it's been like a few days that he yeah. hasn't been going to school. We um, fast forward from basically that scene of like yeah. the proposal of like a player strike. Like yeah, exactly. Corner, a quarterback strike. Exactly. Quarterback and, strike. Right? Um, Classic solidarity. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the NFL might consider adopting yeah. such a thing. All the quarterbacks. Right. Exactly. Well, that would be like the NFL's all offensive dream. <laughs> um, exactly. they'd be like fine do it <laughs> <laughs> points baby uh so yeah fast forward to friday night yeah, we go from that idea to brock who we, i'm glad to remind you was an assistant is, coach is an assistant coach as well as a dentist um, an, an assistant coach slash dentist he's <laughs> like a multi-hyphenate uh and uh he's he's so his line while they're like in the living room like sweating it out his line is like, the game starts in 10 minutes and the principal hasn't backed down. Mm-hmm. He says that the booster club has called a hundred, has made a hundred calls and she's right. not backing down. And the game starts in 10 minutes. They go on to talk for like 13 minutes. Right. <laughs> so like <laughs> time is sort of like relative. Yeah. In the real And they're still like, I don't know. There, it is funny because they're like, yeah. Barbara Jean comes in and she's like, oh yeah, the warm up, the pregame warm ups are done. Like they're already starting to play. And meanwhile, they're still like, and like Brock's an assistant coach. Like, shouldn't he also right. be there? <laughs> maybe like, he's also on strike. I yeah. don't know. But, or maybe he's just unimportant. Yeah. Um, 
maybe he's like they just he's, the, he's just like the, and like he's honestly there's like a, in my head like he's actually just like the secondary coach you know like he coaches the <laughs> cornerbacks and safeties so in his like he has like an outsized opinion of how important van is he's just like yeah so like that's what he says he's like while they're in there and like the game starts in 10 minutes his big like thing that almost breaks reba from her like strike stance is mm-hmm. like there's going to be college scouts right, there. Right. And like that's, so we're affecting his future. Which and is his future is our daughter's future, future. Which is like, again, that's where I was like, really? This white quarterback has got <laughs> Alabama. Look, and Reba like, is about challenging norms. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, but yes, it is highly improbable. Um, unlike the rest of Reba, which is really realistic. Yeah. Um, so, but. <laughs> Yeah, so they're waiting, waiting, the game is starting, everyone's kind of, like, resigned to the fact that, like, oh, this is kind of a bummer. And then, suddenly, the principal shows up, like, five minutes into the game, I guess, which is, like, this seems pointless. Right. Um, she said that she got booed at the game. Oh, right, she got booed yeah. in, during the warm-ups, and so... And one of those like, like, they must live next door to the school. To the school. <laughs> like... <laughs> She's like, I got booed during warm-ups, and Reba's like, I'm surprised that was the first time that's happened, or yeah. whatever. She had a and also, we had, like, a, like, a, what do you call it, like, a, like a false flag, like, the door knocks, like, oh my god, right. it's her, and it's yeah, Barbara, she's doing Barbara. one of her classic Kramer <laughs> entrances. <laughs> but yeah, so the, the principal comes, after being booed, she's finally like, whatever, I'll let Cheyenne come back to school, because yeah. we need Van, this star quarterback, to yeah. come and save the team. Um, and then, Cheyenne is like, I don't want to go. You mm. know, she kind of has this, like, classic teenager change of heart. She's like, Yeah, no, the strike like, one, but she's like, no. Yeah. She's like, I no, like, I don't want to be in a place that doesn't want me, like, whatever people look up to me um yeah she kind of has like a weird i mean she says a lot of random things to make her point but but her point is sound that like there's hypocrisy to the fact that like we won this because the guy that impregnated me is is a football football player she says like chess player yeah yeah if 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 she says some name it's also like anti-semitic just assuming that a jewish guy would be on the chess team (laughs) but whatever like of the chess team knocked me up then i'd still be suspended right yeah and it's like it's like she's right but then we get kira in a rare moment of seriousness you know she doesn't have a little one-liner instead she's like uh you know this was like the only thing you've ever done that's impressed me and she's like what getting pregnant and then Kira's like no that's the dumbest thing you've ever done yeah and but then she was just in that kitchen like <laughs> again, by herself. again she had to like make herself <laughs> dinner because because of like the drama going on <laughs> right. elsewhere <laughs> and she's clearly like the only kid worth saying like she's clearly brilliant like she's <laughs> like Van's not gonna be in the NFL and like this kid is 11 and yeah. or 10 and just like a genius yeah but yeah so she kind of like provides the like uh the, she kind of gives her the like you know solidarity you know sort of fist pump of like you yeah, standing up for yourself yeah. was like brave and good even though it was like mostly reba who like came up with all the ideas we'll give cheyenne some credit for yeah. following through well she found her own like identity there of like yeah this isn't just about like what's right or wrong it's like affects personally me sort yeah. of thing 
get to have feelings about how this thing affects yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so, um, then they just kind of, like, like, the thing is, like, she she makes those, like, valid points, mm-hmm. but then Reba's like, yeah, but why don't you just go back to school? <laughs> like, she says it, and then she says, like, some loving stuff, mm-hmm. and then she's like, okay, I'll go back to school. Yeah. I think that Reba has just kind of, like, had it up to here with, like, dealing with the situation, and she's like... <laughs> yeah, she's like, look, the episode's over in three minutes. We got a wrap. Also, we forgot to note about how when Reba made her stand for feminism, the live studio audience was, like, whooping. For they sure. were, like, super yeah. excited about it. Exactly. I mean, that was, like, those were the, the seeds of a revolution. Like, right. the people in that audience <laughs> went on to be in the Bernie Sanders campaign. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I think basically she comes out and she's like, yeah, I'll go to school. And then they're like, fine, yay, we can go to this football game, which of course is all they really cared about anyway. Um, So they go and I think that's the end of the episode, right? Yeah, I mean, pretty much the end of the episode is like, they stood up for something, won, and like... Strikes work, that's the lesson. And I mean, it was like a, like, it was a full, like... I mean, it was legitimately asking a football player to go on strike. Yeah. And it's succeeding. It succeeded. This is exactly For 10 years. feminism. Before, 10 years before the NFL players striked. Wow. So, like, those players that went on strike Had seen were of the age when you would watch Reba. You know, they were, like, 12, 13. They probably 13. saw it, and they were like, you know what? I believe that women should have equal rights, mm-hmm. and that going on strike is a good way yeah. to show that. And so, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I think it's the, like, it, uh, I mean, we kind of get the same themes as, like, the first episode, but it's, like, the first More... episode really felt, like, completely, like, setting the table, and this was, right. like, a thing happened this week. Right. And we're going to handle it as a family of Reba. Um, yeah, fo- and then football was, like, a big... We got a lot of, like, Texas... Like, hey, in case you forgot... This is this taking takes place, place in Texas. Texas. And, like, <laughs> Reba was, has a Don't Mess With Texas yeah. bumper sticker on her fridge. Yeah, Natalie pointed out the Don't Mess With Texas bumper sticker on the, free, the fridge. And in, in China in the Room, there's, like, a million, like... It's, like, teenage girl, like, generic band posters. Mm-hmm. But there's also, like... Th- there's also, like, if you scan that... There's, like, the word Texas is, like, at least three times. <laughs> it's, like, on the, like, crooked on the wall. And what's funny is, like, I, I imagine, like, people in, like, California and New York, like, watching the show in 2001 and be like, yeah, they're kind of, like, trying to remind me. They're hitting us on the head a little hard with, like, okay, the show takes place in Texas. When, like, in reality, that's, like, a pretty realistic depiction of, like, of, like growing up into, like, in high schoolers in Texas, like, definitely have that shit. Like... I got a I got a Texas flag as wow. a graduation gift, oh. like one like the, like the size of like a you know, a, a forty eight inch. Oh my gosh. Flag, you know, like so. Yeah, that's just honestly like that's just highly realistic. Doing Again, research. like we yeah. said, I mean, like Reba's really realistic, except for the whole football player football game timing situation, kind of an aberration. Yeah. Um. 
But yeah, what was the segment? Well, so the one, the, you know, the the category we came up last, uh-huh. the completely original segment that I came up with, uh-huh. where, you know, no one's ever done anything like it before, yeah. is the J.R. Smith Award. Right. Uh, and that's like the award that goes to um, someone that makes an enormous mistake. Oh, right. But we but still we love still... them anyway. And um... Um, I think that probably, I mean, it's going to be tricky because like, the first episode, I was like, yeah, that's ben a great one. Yeah. And it goes to, like, Van and Cheyenne. Right. And then it's like, because, you know, they got knocked up at 17. Yeah. Uh, but then it's kind of like, how is it not going to be them every single week? Yeah. But I do kind of feel like it goes to Van this you time. Think Van? Just because it's like, he's like, he's the one that's, like, least personally affected by this. <laughs> right. Uh, and also, like, much like, Barbara Jean is like a complete idiot, <laughs> but like, but he's on the side of solidarity, right? Like with a little bit of like with minimal pushing, Coercion. like needling. Yeah. He's kind of like, yeah, like my wife should be treated fairly. And there's also like just a couple moments when he like requires that push, like he doesn't want to wear his puka shell wedding ring to school. Cheyenne kind of has to yeah. like be like, but don't you care? And then like he is sort of like he does offer a tiny bit of resistance to all the sacrifices that he's supposed to make but he eventually he gives in like almost immediately but there is like that slight initial resistance so we'll like give him credit for getting over that right and like the initial resistance can also be chopped up as like the jr smith mistake exactly that's what i'm saying so we'll like he made yeah. he he's he came close to making some missteps that could have been catastrophic, but he yeah. I mean, he's obviously in the 121 episodes we plan on doing in this podcast. 127. 127. Um, he's obviously the front runner to win this award the most time. <laughs> uh, well, it's like him and Barbara Jean are gonna be yeah. like neck and neck. Well, that's the thing. Is like Barbara Jean, all she has to do is like <laughs> Walk do around. one redeemable thing. And she's going to win this award. But, I mean, she is, like, likable in the sense that, like... So, like, the mean thing that they said to her in this one, or, like, the meanest thing, was that, like, so she's always, like, popping in to rooms. Like, literally, I told you, like, her entrances are her character at this point. Yes. And, like, they have... What do you call it when there's, like, a window between a kitchen and a living room? Like, what is that? Like, a pass-through Yeah, like... Like yeah. they're having this serious conversation, and she like and she just sticks her head in, like very Cramery, very like like home improvement. The like neighbor, <laughs> like she just pops in and is like, "Can I help with anything?" And it's just like the, the and Reba's like having this like serious conversation. Yeah, and the joke is that like, can I, the dumbest person in the world, who you don't <laughs> want me to be here anyway, can I help with your like your, serious your like, cri- crisis. family crisis? And Reba's line is, like, there's a Frisbee on the roof. Yeah. Which, like, like, is pretty funny and, like, like, (laughs) generally mean. Like, just, like, like, you're so... And then, like, Barjean, like, reacts in a way that you think that she is going to check the roof for a Frisbee. That's how stupid she is. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think... But I think Van wins it because he did a a single positive thing. He did good things. Um, He stood up for the right things. You had an idea for a category of, of yeah, a song. A Reba song relevant yeah. to... And I think this is one of those where 
you're probably going to shoulder this sport <laughs> most. Because, like, off the top of my head, I can think of, like, Reba's most famous song. Uh-huh. And then I, I, I can Actually, think of, like, like, Fancy, and then I can think of the literal theme song of this TV show. Right. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of Reba's, like, most solidarity-oriented song. Um, I'm looking at my Reba playlist right now for inspiration. Um, might, hmm. I mean, it could be fancy, you, could be a good one. Well, in my head, I think State of Grace might be a good one, actually. I'm trying to remember what that one's about. I think it's about a lady who works at Walmart and then quits. So, okay, that's kind of the vibe. I mean, I, I would say that throwing out fancy in the second episode of this yeah, is very anticlimactic. Like, that's, that's oh no, I'm thinking of a different. Five. Oh, this is giving me Taylor Swift lyrics. We're not Very have offensive. A category of uh-uh. Taylor Swift songs. Yeah, no. Grace worked at the Kmart for 13 years. She punched that clock. Okay. You know, and what then song she. Is that? It's called "State of Grace" okay. by Reba, and I just think you know, this episode is about organizing. It's about what people can accomplish when they come together and state of grace isn't really about coming together but it's also about kind of sticking it to the system so i feel like there's some similar it's not it's about not lying down exactly basically exactly so would you recommend that people uh listen to that song and then watch the episode or watch the episode and listen to that song i think the latter because it's like a cathartic release song so you'll be so happy you know that like righteousness won yeah. the end that then you can like celebrate with that song it's funny too that like i we i don't think we have it in our head yet of like if this podcast is for people who are supposed <laughs> to watch the episode before they see it or would weirdly watch this episode after having it completely spoiled <laughs> and, and broken down in detail i think you Whatever know you it doesn't do. however you want to do yeah, it we're just sure. we're creating the content we don't dictate how it's consumed yeah um, but yeah, I think we're trying to keep them shorter than the first one, which was a bit lengthy. Um, so I think we'll just, we'll sign off for episode two, unless you had anything you wanted to add. No, I don't think so. I mean, uh, we did ignore like how a... Van ate a whole meal on the bed. <laughs> yeah. it was never well, that's explained. definitely like a visual thing. <laughs> There's like a critical scene. I mean, every scene is critical. There's a lot of exposition <laughs> happening and he's just, he has like full meal and it's like mashed potatoes and steak and and i was like when you pointed out i was watching him like as an actor where like you know when you watch actors of like how like you hear about actors saying how like that's not ideal for them because they take so many shots right uh they do or i mean they do so many takes of it that like they can't eat forever Uh so they do a lot of like like moving it around on the plate and then biting or then eating it and like taking little bites and and yeah, I mean, he, it's funny, and I and he was doing that. He was like, and he was like taking <laughs> I mean, small bites, pro. and yeah, well, yeah, and uh, but it's just funny too that they would make him do that when it's so unnecessary. Like they were, you don't need was, dinner on they a were bed in the bedroom, <laughs> and he's between them, and he's on the bed, and he's the only one eating a meal. And it's like, I, I wonder if they were just like, well, I don't. We have like two funny lines that we've written for you, and we don't know how to make it not weird that you're even this conversation so like why don't you be <laughs> and then like just it just looks like a giant mess waiting to happen maybe that should be another segment 
the most like incongruous moment of of each. That's true. Yeah, there's probably always going to be a thing of like, why is that person doing (laughs) that thing? (laughs) We need a better name than most incongruous moment, but we'll brainstorm. And there's probably like a fashion category. You know, I like Reba rocking the. You the really loved her sleeveless, sleeveless turtleneck. Sleeveless turtleneck, like in the principal's office. Yeah, it's a power uh, move. Yeah, for sure. I I turned to Natalie and I said, uh, I said, warm neck, cold arms can't lose, <laughs> and like the literally the ground shook with her how hard she rolled her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know, it was a lot to process. Um. Anyway. Thank you for listening to our two Reba Watchables to the second episode, hearing about the honeymoon being over, you know. Or I'm, now what? <laughs> or now what? <laughs> and now what, I would argue, yeah. you know. Um, but yes, uh, please subscribe to our podcast. It's on iTunes and Spotify. And I guess rate and review it, although... You know, I have a feeling the reviews might be middling or about copyright violations. So maybe don't do that. But share it. Yeah. Share it with your aunt. Yeah, with your 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 aunt aunt would like it. Yeah, your aunt might like it. If your aunt is like down with the revolution, she'll like it. Down with the revolution. Mm. Anyway, um, (laughs) thank you again, and we will see you next episode. See you.